You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Hello, America, and happy Monday. A busy weekend. I was down in Florida talking to the Job Creators Network 10th anniversary gala. A really great group of people there, really worried about the economy and the Biden economics policies and their impact on everyday Americans and on small business, on small business innovation. Met with a lot of Hispanic leaders who believe that the Biden economy is not good for the really fast growing sector of uh, Main Street America, small businesses running their businesses. And they realize Bidenomics, taxes, regulation, inflation and high interest rates really not the recipe that new small business owners want. And I think Hispanic voters are going to feel a little left out by the Democrats if the sentiments I picked up this weekend are any bellwether. We've got a great show for you today because obviously the Israel-Hamas-Iran story playing out in the Middle East, which by the way, could play out right here on our shores. There was a Palestinian picked up in Texas, another one picked up in New York with apparent bad intentions, including potential terrorist thoughts. Well, the war is playing out in such a big way. And today we're going to have two great guests at the top of the show to really weigh in on it. One of them is a household name, one of the most important voices in the entire security world, former United Nations ambassador, former national security advisor to President Trump. John Bolton is going to join us at the top of the show to talk about that. He had an amazing op-ed late last week in the New York Post about Iran and its role and why the Biden administration shunting aside any discussion of Iran puts American lives at danger. I think that's a very prescient article. And he knows something about Iran danger. He was one of the people that Iran has targeted for a possible assassination. So that's important. All right. In the second block, former Congresswoman, former presidential candidate Michelle Bachman is going to join us. She currently is the dean of the business school at the Regent University, one of the most important voices in all of Politics and national security, always a clear voice in Congress on national security when she was there. We're going to talk about Iran. We'll talk about the wave of anti-Semitism sweeping our college campuses. And we'll talk about the Virginia elections. Yes, tomorrow's election day, 2023. A lot of important races. Kentucky governor, Daniel Cameron, neck and neck with the current governor there. New Jersey's got some races, but the Virginia state house races, the Virginia legislature races, a real proxy war for what the 2024 election strategies of Democrats 
who are going to use abortion to try to take Joe Biden's name off the ballot since he's so unpopular. And the Republicans who are trying to make up the difference in some of these close races with early voting, something they've shunned before. That's going to play out in Virginia. Michelle Bachman's going to weigh in that. And then we'll bring in the extraordinary colleague of mine here at Just the News, Natalia Middlestadt, who did a great story on this this morning, explaining why this is such an important race tomorrow. We'll have all of that just in a few minutes. And in addition, I want to talk about one other story that I think is very important. It didn't get much attention, but a few weeks ago, the Special Inspector General for Reconstruction in Afghanistan had a really powerful report. And it is a warning sign for anyone who wants to bring Palestinian refugees here because it dealt with the issues that have come up with the withdrawal of Afghanistan, the refugees coming here, and the aid that we're sending over to Afghanistan. And, you know, one of the things Democrats saying, we got to get aid to Gaza during this humanitarian crisis. And the answer that comes back is, well, what if it ends up in Hamas's hands? And over the weekend, Biden administration officials said it out loud. Yeah, some of it's going to probably end up in the hands of Hamas. So U.S. tax dollars going directly to Hamas. But there was an extraordinary report a couple of weeks ago that found, and it was very troubling, that a lot of grants that went into Afghanistan went to fake charities that ended up, at the end of the day, routing the money back to the Taliban. That is a really remarkable and very troubling finding. And when you look at the millions of dollars that may have flowed there, and then you go to understand it, you realize that we don't have the capability at USAID and State Department to monitor the people. We can't apparently even vet the charities. We just hand out money like it was trick-or-treat Halloween candy a very powerful report. We're going to have more on that tomorrow, but I want to call it to your attention because it affects so much of what we talk about here today. And if history is prologue, then what we're debating right now about Palestinian aid in Gaza has to be educated and has to be looked through the vein of the aid we gave to Afghanistan that ended up, yep, you're right, it ended up in the hands of the Taliban. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, former U.N. ambassador, former national security advisor, John Bolton, right after these messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. 
Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. We've been talking for a long time that you have to see the Israel-Gaza conflict for more than just a battle between the Palestinians and Israel. It is a proxy battle with Iran. And our next guest has been warning of that proxy battle and in his time in power took enormous steps to try to push back against Iran, which has destabilized the whole Middle East once again. Joining us right now, the former United Nations ambassador and former national security advisor, Ambassador John Bolton. Mr. Ambassador, great to have you back on the show. Glad to be with you. So I want to start with something that tickled my ear or maybe shocked me is the right word uh, over the weekend. Barack Obama basically saying uh, the blame really is on all of us for the Palestinians suffering. It seems to me he might miss the big part of the narrative, like maybe Hamas is responsible. What were your takeaways from the former president's comments this weekend? Well, you know, I I often think I can't be shocked, but when I heard uh, Barack Obama and actually watched him say those things that none of us have clean hands, we're all complicit, uh, I really, uh, it it tells you what informed his decision making for eight years as president. And, uh, you know, he didn't he didn't bother to tell the rest of the country what he thought during those eight years, although a lot of people suspected it. Now now we know for sure. Uh, and it just is the blindness of moral equivalence uh, and uh, equating Israel and Hamas, that uh, a, a country that's been brutalized now engages in its legitimate exercise of self-defense. And but but we're all to blame and, and uh, you know, plenty of guilt to go around. Uh, and that would be bad enough, except then then we've seen members of the, as they like to call themselves, the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, uh, really attacking uh, their own president, uh, Congresswoman Talab, uh, essentially accused Biden of being uh, of aiding a genocide uh, in Gaza. Uh, and it's not only in the United States. I think we're seeing left wing, uh, left of center parties really coming to a breaking point, uh, certainly in the United Kingdom. The Labour Party is split wide open by this, and in a number of other European countries, we're really seeing the, the true face of, uh, of, what, of what the leftists actually believe, and, and Obama just said the quiet part out loud. That he did. And I think to the perhaps the future detriment of his party, I think people are starting to absorb this propaganda that is spewing from real, you know, uh, high selected officials that we have in the country. 
I want to turn to a second for the United Nations. Obviously, you serve there very ably. And we look at it today, and it couldn't even repudiate the Hamas attacks because of the control that the left has on so many of the countries that are part of the United Nations. It, meanwhile, coddles people who have uh, countries that have enormous human rights abuses, the Chinas and the others in the world. Has it run its course? Is it an organization now that, while originally created to fight for peace, seems to have fight for insanity instead? Well, I think uh, there's absolutely no doubt the political branches of the United Nations are broken and perhaps broken beyond repair. The General Assembly, the Security Council, the Human Rights Council uh, just produce uh, essentially nothing that's that's really of utility uh, internationally. Some of the specialized and technical agencies of the UN, I think, still do good work. Part of the UN's problem is it's a huge, sprawling organization. That, that tries to do too much. And, and uh, so you could imagine cutting back in some areas. I, I've had a proposal for UN reform for uh, quite some time now based on my extensive experience with it. And this is what I would say. We don't need to withdraw actually from any place, but we will not follow the system of what are called assessed contributions, where we're told every year what our contribution is. Instead, we should make all of our contributions voluntary. The U.S. decides how much it's going to give. Some of the best-run agencies in the U.N., the World Food Program, UNICEF, are funded only by voluntary contributions. I think the ones that are the worst performers are the ones that are financed under this system of assessed contributions, where the U.S. pays between typically 20 and 25 percent of the budget of the, of the big U.N. organization itself. This is a form of international taxation, the other members vote what our share is, and then we have to pay it. I think we should just reject that out of hand. We should fund what we want. We should insist that we get value for our money. And if we don't, we should stop funding. That would be the biggest uh, tsunami to run through the halls of the U.N. since 1945. Yeah, it could potentially prompt the sort of change that I think a lot of conservatives, quite frankly, common sense Americans have wanted for a long time. Why is so much of the political arms of the UN so anti-Israel? I mean, it really is remarkable when you go in and you look at the language of those serving in the United Nations. Their language is, you know, something that I think the Anti-Defamation League would immediately describe as anti-Semitic, anti-Israel. How did it become such an anti-Israel organization? Well, I think this is a key point. You know, I spent a lot of my time in different jobs in the U.S. government uh, trying trying to fight this problem in the U.N. system. And back in the George H.W. Bush administration in 1991, we got the General Assembly to repeal a really hated resolution they had passed in 1975 that we call for shorthand the Zionism is Racism resolution. In 1975, this was a communist effort with the third world to delegitimize Israel. Obviously, if it's a racist nation, it uh, like South Africa under apartheid, it shouldn't have been a UN member. And it was a stain on the UN when they did it in 1975. Daniel Patrick Moynihan was the ambassador then. He went to the podium and ripped the resolution up and said the United States will never abide by this resolution. So anyway, in 1991, we repealed it. And people said, see, this shows the UN is off to a new start. We're eliminating anti-Semitism. You know, we patted ourselves on the back too quickly. The anti-Semitism has not been eliminated. If anything, in many respects, it's worse now than it was back in 1991. The Secretary General himself 
uh, really, he, he came a few days before Barack Obama, but they said essentially the same thing. Uh, and it's the kind of moral equivalence that robs the U.N. itself of any legitimacy. And it's a, it's a reason why I think Americans uh, with a clean conscience can say, we tried in the United Nations system uh, to avoid this uh, this insistence of of, uh, of trying to stigmatize Israel, uh, and it just shows the fundamental uh, moral failure of the organization itself. Yeah, such a great point, and the, the also the silliness of some of the moral equivalencies that the UN has tried to make over the years. It just scratches your head from an intellectual perspective. So I want to talk a little bit about the ceasefire calls and is what Israel should do. Obviously, Israel is going to make its own determination. It doesn't matter how much Tony Blinken calls for a ceasefire, I don't think. What is the current state of play and how disruptive is the U.S. language to Israel trying to finish the mission it set out to do, which is to eradicate Hamas from Gaza? Well, I think there's no uh, practical decision between a ceasefire and a humanitarian pause. In fact, I think the name of the game is try and get Israel to agree to a humanitarian pause and then extend it forever. Uh, and I think Israel understands that uh, they are engaged right now in the perfectly legitimate exercise of their inherent right of self-defense. Uh, they, they, they are entitled to go after military targets. Uh, they are required by the rule of uh, the law of warfare to uh, take into account if there could be collateral uh, civilian casualties. They're required to try and minimize that uh, and to make a judgment. If if they think the military target is valuable enough and the civilian casualties, uh, tragic as they may be, are, are, are proportionately quite small, uh, they're entitled to go after legitimate military targets. There's no terrorist veto here. And in fact, it just shows the barbarity of Hamas starting with their attack on, on Israel in on October the 7th, and continued by their barbarism toward their own people by making them human shields. There cannot be a terrorist veto here on Israel's right of self-defense. And it's a terrible thing that Hamas is doing. What it should cause the people of Gaza to do, uh, and I think many of them don't support Hamas, to get up, stand up, and say so, and say, we will not tolerate being ruled by Hamas any longer. Uh, and, and if anything, help the Israelis, tell, tell them where the tunnels are, uh, help facilitate their work. Let's let Israel get this done uh, if it's going to be allowed to happen. And this is where the bigger picture that you mentioned at the beginning is important. I think the shots are being called here by the mullahs in Tehran. And whether they decide they're going to unleash Hezbollah, they've already had the Houthi rebels in Yemen firing at targets in Israel. Uh, and the Houthis wouldn't have uh, two rocks to rub together against Israel if the Iranians didn't arm them. So there's a bigger strategic picture at work here. And that's all the more reason for Israel not to stop before the job is done. Yeah. You wrote a brilliant op-ed. I've had so many people share it with me over the last few days in the New York Post. Biden risks American lives by refusing to hold Iran to account. Such a very important thing because it really shows how U.S. policy has been the enabler of a more violent and more aggressive Iran. Explain a little bit what the motivation for this was and how dangerous it is for the United States to continue to coddle Iran. Well, look, Iran has enormous ambitions in the region. They want they want to dominate geographically, politically, religiously in the Middle East. They want to they want to uh, eliminate the little Satan Israel. They want to dominate the great. Uh, they want to harm the the great Satan, the United States, uh, and their proxies, uh, the the Shia militia in. Uh, 
uh, Iraq, uh, uh, Hezbollah in Syria against American positions there, uh, and, and terrorist acts all over the region. These are all directed by Iran, and Biden has said he's not going to tolerate attacks on Americans, but we are tolerating them. Uh, fortunately, to date, there hasn't been a, a real serious mass casualty event, but it could happen at any point. And the fact is, Iran is not deterred by Joe Biden. He can bring two carrier battle groups. He can bring a, a, a ballistic nuclear submarine into the eastern Mediterranean. The Iranians don't think he's going to do anything. So Americans, not just our military, but our civilian personnel, private citizens, missionaries are, are all at risk all around the region because uh, because the Iranian leadership doesn't fear Biden. And, and that's that's part of what the bigger strategic picture is all about. There are signals the Russians, uh, politically at least, are coming to Iran's uh, aid here, reports about the Wagner group giving Hezbollah uh, air defenses, Hezbollah being a surrogate for Iran. Things are really moving here at a pace I don't think the administration understands. Yeah, they're usually two or three steps behind, and this time they may be even further behind with the developments. Uh, last question I want to ask about, when you look at the table right now, the chessboard as it's setting up, what are the chances that this spirals into a regional conflict, and what are the chances that we here in America will feel some of the pain of Hezbollah or others uh, trying to carry out the wishes of Iran or the Palestinian sympathizers? Yeah, look, Iran uh, and its leaders have been explicit, threatening the United States, not just our troops in the region. Uh, Nasrullah, the leader of uh, Hezbollah, in a speech on Friday, threatened the United States. Uh, we don't know what Iran's game plan is. That's part of our general intelligence failure. We didn't see the Hamas attack on October the 7th. Neither did Israel. But I think the stakes here are very high. And, and uh, if the leadership in Tehran sees a weak American president unwilling to do what's necessary to protect Americans, they may think they're going to be able to take advantage of it. So this is what you get when this is the danger Americans are put in when you get a weak president. Yeah, that is what your op-ed made such a brilliant point of. Mr. Ambassador, it is always an honor to have you on the show. Lots of clarity and lots of common sense, something we don't get a lot of in Washington these days. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll stay in touch. Okay, sir. Thank you. Folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, former congresswoman, former presidential candidate, Michelle Bachman, up next. A great conversation. Uh, we'll talk about Virginia elections and everything we just talked about with Ambassador Bolton and more right after these messages. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800 200 4653 
800-200-4653 gold or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com genesis gold welcome to the john solomon just the news family hey folks have you heard of cancer fighting foods the american cancer society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Everybody is watching the world. It is a flame right now in so many places, whether it's Russia and Ukraine, China, Taiwan, and of course, the place where one of the largest military operations with some of the highest stakes is going on right now with Israel in its operation in Gaza. Joining us right now, she was a former presidential candidate, former member of Congress, one of the most influential people I ever met in Congress during my years covering it. And today, she is the dean of the Robertson School of Government at Regent University. Joining us right now, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. Congresswoman, great to have you on the show. John, thanks so much. I always love being with you on your show. We enjoy you as well. We need some wisdom. I think a lot of people heard the talk shows yesterday like, oh my God, is this country that bad? What's going on? Barack Obama's up there and uh, Jamal Bowman's up there saying, let's take Palestinian refugees from Gaza. The Democrats have a real problem in this moment in history, particularly with Israel, don't they? They do, because they've decided to go with the most outrageous positions. And now those positions are coming back to bite them in the rear end because people see what happened in Israel. They know this wasn't Israel's fault. And yet those who are the Democrats in D.C., their friends happen to be those who are pro-Hamas. So they're in a really tough situation now. I thought it was really interesting that Barack Obama was in Chicago for his big weekend with all of his young people at his foundation. And he found that he was on the wrong end of his young people. The young people were all pro-Hamas. He'd initially come out and condemned Hamas, but that wasn't good enough for the young people. They wanted him to pull it back, and of course he did. He buckled. He buckled to the interns of his foundation. So we can see why... Uh, Iran ended up with an extra $150 billion under Obama. If he would buckle to the interns and his foundations for his opinions, surely we can see that he would give money to the Iranians. But, you know, a lot of people don't know that very 
early on in his presidency, when Iran was on its back, gasping for air, they were almost done as a nation. Barack Obama gave them $4 billion. He threw them a lifeline. They literally didn't have food. They didn't have anything. He threw them $4 billion out of nowhere, no permission. He didn't get permission from Congress. He just wanted them to survive because that was the centerpiece of his foreign policy, a strong, robust Iran. So while the Ayatollahs were in the middle of shouting death to America, death to Israel, death to America, he couldn't wait to shower them with enough American goodies. Yeah, no, it really is crazy. Embracing our enemies and turning a back to our allies right now, it has to be confusing if you're elsewhere in the world looking at what used to be a very clear superpower. We knew where the United States always stood today. It's a muddled mess. And, and it really did begin under Barack Obama. I think the the America's at fault routine began under Barack Obama. And of course, Joe Biden has not only added to the fault, he's uh, he's added to the messaging. And it's, it's really something. I want to ask a little bit about the mindset of the Palestinians. So there are lots of members of Congress, Tom Tiffany among them, who's raised real concerns about the current way we process refugees and those who are looking for asylum in the United States, saying there's just not the vetting there. He started when it was with the Afghan refugees that were coming in. And now with all of these calls to bring Palestinian refugees in, he's even raising more alarm. Over the weekend, there was a Palestinian refugee in Texas that was found with a gun and apparently planning to commit a murderous plot against Jews in Texas. Do we have the capability with this administration, with the current government mindset, to process refugees from potentially unsafe countries safely to make sure that we have a secure America? No. And I think people need to understand what the U.N. policy is on refugees. Uh, Individuals are supposed to first be found in an area near where they live. So the Palestinians are from the Middle East region, but not, not one Arab country around them will take them. So it isn't that they have to all be airlifted over to the United States. They could go somewhere else. How often do refugees go to, to China? How often do they go to Russia? How often do they go to India? Why is it that they are always coming to the United States, especially now when we see what their uh, their mission statement is? It's to kill as many Jews as possible, because a lot of people don't know recent polling data was done in Palestine and anywhere from about 80 to 90 percent of all Palestinians living in Gaza agree with what Hamas did. And if you look at even American Muslims, The polling data shows 57% of American Muslims are supportive of what's happening with Hamas against Israel. So this is very concerning. The person that we have in charge of vetting Palestinians to come into the United States is herself a pro-Hamas Palestinian. So we have no vetting procedure in place that whose whose object is to keep the American people safe. And that should be our first requirement, keeping the American people safe. Yeah, that's so important. And it sometimes seems to be the last idea that the Biden administration gets to. They've got all of their other global interests ahead of us. And I guess that's why you see the difference between America first and whatever Biden puts first. I want to ask about the mindset of Gaza residents. And again, I don't fault them knowing the propaganda they've lived under for 40 or 50 years now. But when you see these polls come out saying 50% of Gaza residents back Hamas and its activities, 
you have to wonder, well, how can we, without a vetting thing, how can we trust any of them from coming here? Because they've been indoctrinated to hate America, hate Israel. How do we tackle that long term? Obviously, there's going to be a moment when the Israeli operation is done and Gaza is cleared of Hamas and Hamas is gone. How do we begin to create a Palestinian mindset and a Palestinian relationship that doesn't aim to eliminate the United States and Israel? Well, I don't know that we have the ability to affect that because this is something that is being done by the terrorist organizations in the Middle East. And we just don't have an ability to be able to control the people over there. I think what we do have an ability to do is to control our borders and control who comes into the United States. We're so overstretched now in the United States. Our, our states and our cities can't handle the levels of illegal immigration that we have. And frankly, the level of refugees that have poured into the United States. We've got to hit a pause button for the United States. We have to hit a pause button. And I think we just need a breather. Calvin Coolidge did that in the 1920s because we had an overabundance of uh, of immigration, and they were worried that people weren't assimilating. Well, we have evidence on every college campus across the United States. There's no assimilating going on of people who are coming in from the Middle East. They want to fight Middle East wars here with an American middle-class lifestyle. That's worse. And so we have no obligation to solve all the world's problems. We've got to solve a few of our own. And the first one we have to solve is closing our border. Yeah, uh, that's it. We're, we're just sitting, we're sitting decks as long as that border is just kept open and insecure the way it is right now. I want to turn to politics for a second because we do have an election tomorrow and it's going to be an interesting test bed for some of the strategies that Republicans and Democrats are warming up for 2024. Democrats are going to rely on abortion because they can't rely on the Biden record. Biden is such a poisonous brand right now that they, you see most of the Democrats in Virginia running away from Biden right now. They're going to use abortion to see if it works. Republicans who are highly motivated and seem to have a much stronger embrace of their candidates and their policies from their own base, they're going to work to see if they can finally get on level ground in the early voting capabilities. What should we be watching for tomorrow? What are the bellwethers and what do you predict happens in Virginia? Well, you're right about it, John, that abortion has been the big issue that they've been running on. There's been no shortage of money that's spent um, on television. It's nonstop ads for pro-abortion candidates, as well as on your phone. Ads have been coming up, and that's the issue they talk about more than any other. I don't think that's the issue that most people have at the uppermost part of their mind. People in Virginia are very concerned about costs. Gasoline is extremely expensive. Food is extremely expensive. And I think those are the issues people care about. When Glenn Youngkin won the governorship a few years ago, it was because of the outrageous news coming out of the greater Washington, D.C. area in Loudoun County over what was really happening in the public schools. And parents said, not with my kid, you don't. And so they they went with Glenn Youngkin, which we have been in recent years, we've been a very strong Democrat state, certainly at the governor's level. But Glenn Youngkin has been an excellent governor, and he's been campaigning for candidates both in the state Senate and in the House. I think there's a very good chance that he will be successful and have a Republican House and a Republican Senate after Tuesday's election. It's pretty amazing, actually. And I think literally four years ago, if you talk to anyone and say, hey, Virginia's in play for Republicans, "Uh, probably not. (laughs) And now, I mean, now it looks like, you know, you have a future 
really big political leader for the party starting to grow in Virginia. But the policies are popular. He's popular. It seems like there's a roadmap for the future for future candidates. Meanwhile, a fascinating poll came out this week, and I don't know if the New York Times just wants to get Joe Biden off the ballot or whether this is real data, but we kind of know that people have had it with Joe Biden. But uh, Donald Trump leading Joe Biden in five of the six battleground states, and in some of them by a large margin, like 11 points in Nevada, that's a huge swing. What is the dynamic there that you think is at work? Well, well, it is. You know, remember, it was only last week when James Carville, the Democrat uh, political consultant, was told, you got to shut up about these bad polls, James. You can't talk about them anymore. And yet this week, they were everywhere. It's like the Democrat Party, they, they want everybody to see it. David Axelrod came out and said that uh, Joe Biden had to make a decision. Was he more concerned about the country or himself? But then Barack Obama came out and he backed Joe Biden. So it seems to be a schism within the party. I think they are desperate to get rid of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, frankly. They won't even consider her as a potential candidate. So then the question is, who's next? Who's who's up? And there's no deep bench. There's no good bench. It's very late in the game. So the big name that comes out all the time is Michelle Obama, that they'll somehow uh, drop Joe Biden and bring in Michelle Obama and she won't have to campaign. They'll just have her uh, basically go to book signings and just usher her in as the next president. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Well, that would be that would be quite a twist if it were. It'd be interesting to see how America reacts to her credentials. I mean, obviously a popular figure, but when you get the keys to the nuclear weapons, you want to make sure you get a little gravitas to go behind that. I think that's going to be one of the interesting. That's right. And the, the country is doing so poorly that I don't think people care as much about first woman, first black woman. I think we're beyond that. We just want our life back. Yeah. Yeah. And some common sense. That's it's funny. I was down in Florida all weekend and for an event and people are just talking about where is the common sense of Washington? The answer is there's very little there right now. And you just got elected in, apparently. Yeah, we got elected in and see where 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 it comes. As you step back right now and you look at the dynamic, obviously, economy is real bad. That's a problem. How does Trump's brand with all of these four indictments, how does it weather the next 12 months? If he does become the nominee, and certainly the polls are suggesting he's going to end up being the nominee. What's your guess of how it weathers and how Republicans uh, maneuver with all of this baggage that the Democrats have attached to it? Well, I think the Democrats have overplayed their hand. I thought, I think they figured that with multiple indictments, multiple convictions, they, they literally believe they're going to see Donald Trump go to jail. And it's possible in a D.C. court and a New York City court that could happen. But I think it is so outrageous and so overplaying their hand that I think People will react negatively to what the Democrats are doing because you have the, the government trying to muzzle the political opponent of a very poor performing president. So I think it's I think it actually has the potential to hit them back because at the end of the day, no one is really worried about the country. You don't get that sense from the Democrats that they're actually worried about our lives and about the country. And if we're strong or if we're weak on the world stage. But I think a lot of the common people in America, I'm one of those common people, we're worried about our standing in the world. We're worried about the economy. We're worried about the lack of American energy. Donald Trump in four years unleashed American energy. We had huge uh, income coming into the United States, but we also had gasoline less than $2 a gallon. We can go back to that level again. And I think that's what people want, John. 
They do. There's no doubt about it. You hear them and they, they, it's very much like, I suppose, the Carter Reagan race when I was a young guy in high school at that time. But that Carter Reagan race, are you better off than four years ago? And the answer was no. And I think every person to, even Democrats I talked to, like, no, we're not better off. We're not. We're really not. And I think that that's such an amazing, powerful undercurrent to this election. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Well, and especially if you look at the at the the level of the black vote in favor of Donald Trump right now, I think he's somewhere at twenty percent. That's amazing. So when the Democrat Party loses the black vote, they lose the election. Yeah, that's such a great point. I was with a lot of Hispanic business leaders over the weekend with the Job Creators Network event down in Florida. And Hispanics trying to build, they're the fastest growing segment of the small business community in America, Main Street America. And they, to a person, I had many of them say, I, I grew up a Democrat, but I'll tell you what, my Democratic Party won't let me build a successful business. They keep crushing my business with regulation and taxes and, and, and ambiguity. I think both Hispanic and black voters are going to be in a very different category come 2024. Last question for you, because you always balanced an extraordinary base of faith. You were such a a good leader and how you take your faith values and you brought them to the public square and did things. We have in Mike Johnson, someone who's under coming under a lot of attack right now because of his faith. It's, it's kind of remarkable. I guess they have nothing to say about his policy. So they got to go attack his faith. What is your early assessment of how he's done as speaker in his first couple of weeks? And what advice as someone who also was a deep Christian, but at the same time, an incredibly effective leader in Congress, what advice could you give him as these counterattacks on his faith, they begin to ramp up? Well, his report card is an A-plus at everything that he's done so far, from his first speech to the first legislation he moved on the floor uh, to, to uh, have a resolution regarding Israel, to every, every bill for funding and everything he's put forward. He knows he, he's not a neophyte. He knows what he's doing. And so I have high confidence in Mike Johnson, and he doesn't need my advice. He's doing Fabulous. He's not shrinking back from his strong biblical faith. And I think most Americans resonate with that. They want some decency in the Congress. And Mike Johnson, if anything, he's a decent man at heart. Probably one of the greatest attributes that he has is humility. He's not an ambitious self-seeker. We don't see that very often in the top jobs, but that's Mike Johnson. He's a family man at heart. So we're getting the best by having him there. He's really, as I've looked at D.C., I've just been almost depressed, thinking we have the worst people at the worst possible time, but not Mike Johnson. He has been a divine gift to America, and I'm so grateful for him. I pray for him all the time because he needs it in the position he's in. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. When I was first introduced to him, I think it was about two and a half, three years ago when I was starting my podcast, somebody said he's velvet on the outside, but forged steel on the inside. And I, I think Democrats are about to get a, a close up glimpse of what that means, which is he can be pleasant and very nice and friendly on the outside, but his determination to stick to values and fight for what he believes in is probably going to surprise Democrats. They played this game of just running a speaker into a corner and then they always uh, fold their cards. I have a funny feeling he's not a guy that folds his cards. It'll be interesting to see if that happens. No, I agree with you. That's exactly what we're going to see. Well, Congresswoman, as always, it's a great honor to have you on. All the great work you're doing at Regent, everyone appreciates it. I heard people bragging about you down in Florida this weekend and uh, can't wait to get you back on the show real soon. Will do, John. You're always the best. Thanks again. Thank you so much for your time today. 
All right, folks, it's election day tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, Natalia Middlestat's going to get you up to speed on all of the elections in the off-year 2023 election. If you're going to pay attention to one tomorrow and say, what will I can learn from 2024 about it? It's the Virginia legislature. We'll explain why right after these messages. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. If you were reading the Just the News site this morning, you saw a wonderful story written by my colleague, Natalia Middlestadt, that put the election day tomorrow as its ground zero, Virginia, where Glenn Youngkin, rising star of the Republican Party, is trying to capture the full legislature in Republican hands. Remember, this is a state that just three years ago was pretty dark blue, and now has moved purple to purple red, and tomorrow's election will tell us just how red the state may be uh, getting. And the, in within this state, within this race, and there are many other important races, right? There's the Kentucky governor, the Missouri, Mississippi governor, New Jersey races. But in Virginia, the microcosm there is actually what the macro strategies are going to be in 2024. Democrats, particularly with an unpopular President Joe Biden, are going to use abortion as their motivating issue. Democrats are going to claim, as they have been on TV relentlessly, that the Republican candidates are trying to take a woman's right away to abortion. And on the flip side, Republicans who sat out the last three elections when it came to early absentee voting drives 
they're putting a lot of muscle behind that. And that's the Republican strategy. We're going to know tomorrow night which one fared better. Joining us right now to explain her great reporting and also what she expects to see tomorrow night, my amazing colleague, Natalia Middlestadt. Natalia, great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So you set the stage perfectly, I think, for tomorrow night's big elections. And Virginia really is the test bed for both the Democrat national strategy and the Republican early voting strategy. Tell us what we know, what to be watching for, what will be the bellwethers in that state? Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, this is kind of the test run for 2024 with the Republicans, uh, quote unquote, bank your vote initiative that um, they are working on rolling out. So basically it's um, promoting absentee balloting, early in-person voting and legal ballot harvesting uh, in states that have that. And so um, Virginia is definitely one of those um, states that um, they are pushing that for this year, and um, and that has seemed to be uh, working uh, on some level. As uh, just uh, a few days ago, there was um, a report that the Democrats are at 52.9 percent um, of the early in-person voting share, whereas uh, Republicans were 40.9, and that was up about 2.3 percent. Um, from last year's midterm elections. And this is also an off-year election, too, so there's not, you know, um, as many nationwide uh, candidates as before. So, Or, I mean, um, even statewide. This is more like state legislature, so um, more districts. Two to three percent is a big change, right? I mean, that's enough to tip a lot of one percent races, and that's why I think people are looking at it with the abortion ads, I mean, I, I, it's impossible for me to turn on the television. I live in Northern Virginia, and so abortion ads are pounding away day in and day out. It's going to be very interesting, I guess, how abortion is filtered through people who are also dealing with, I have to choose between my, my gas tank and my grocery cart. I'm worried about the safety of my children in school. I'm worried about my safety when I walk on the street in urban areas. What do you think the issues tomorrow night will be? As a, what, what ones will cut through in this race? Yeah, so for sure, the uh, abortion uh, ban is the main one, as uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin has proposed a 15-week abortion ban, um, and that would uh, only be able to get through if he does have a state legislature. So um, that is a significant one for um, for the governor, especially, and um, Republicans on a, as a whole. And then um, as well, there's also um, in a different issues with the education side of things, as obviously as was that's what got Governor Yunkin into office. Um, so I think he's still focusing on that and, um, you know, trying to clear out the um, the critical race theory and other issues such as transgender um, kids being in, you know, the opposite bathrooms and all that in public schools. And um, we've been seeing walkouts happening that um, kind of across the country at this point at high schools in particular. So um, I think those are a couple of major issues that, um, are in focus right now. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. There is a lot of bellwether races that people are watching in Virginia. My gut tells me that Senate District 31 will be the deciding race. There, a Republican named Juan Pablo Segura is running against a Democrat named Russet Perry. Perry is a former CIA officer and prosecutor. And of course, uh, Segura is former law enforcement as well and has been really, they've been on ads nonstop television. I mean, you can't, if you're in Northern Virginia, you can't not see an ad. Any other races that you're looking at or what will be your top line tomorrow night when you're watching what happens? What's your top line of how you're going to know which way these races broke? 
Yeah, so uh, there are a couple others. There's uh, the 16th district in Richmond suburbs, um, where the incumbent uh, Senator uh, Dunavant is facing off of uh, Delegate uh, Van Valkenburg, and um, that has to do with uh, restrict, re- redistricting uh, shifts there. Um, so uh, Governor Youngkin lost that by, 16, by six points, um, and Democrat congressional candidates carried it by 10 points last year. So, um, so that one is a tight race there. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and that also um, has to do with the Democrat focusing on, um, yeah, abortion particularly with that one. Um, so that's one. And then also the 24th district um, is also a big one that people are focusing on with uh, Senator Monty Mason. Um, who's going against the Republican, Danny Biggs, who's a retired sheriff. Um, so we'll see how that one shapes up as well. Yeah, and House District 22 in my home county, Prince William County, which I think is going to be the real measuring one. And it's interesting in Prince William County, there's a, a fascinating debate over the development of the county. It was a rural to suburban county for most of the last th- three decades, but the current commissioner, races uh, for the county commission are all focused on overdevelopment. A lot of people are upset about these huge data warehouses that are being brought in by Amazon and others. And it'll be interesting to see if that brings out a different type of voter that could swing a house race like House District 22, where Travis Nembart is facing uh, Republican Ian Lovejoy. That's another one where like your phone blows up. If you're anywhere near Manassas, all of a sudden you get a text message on your phone saying vote for Ian Lovejoy or vote for Travis Nemhart. So that's going to be another one I think people are going to be watching. Natalia, real quickly, any other races you're watching tomorrow night? Imagine Kentucky with Daniel Cameron and the current governor. That's probably going to be one a lot of people will be focused on. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, there and uh, as well as New Jersey, uh, another big one. And obviously, <laughs> it's been news a bit lately with different uh, election issues going on, especially with, uh, I know uh, Senator Bob Menendez isn't on the ballot uh, this year, but um, that's been a big issue while all while the election is going on. So um, that may also play a role in how people will vote. Um, in the state legislature. Puts a little bit of the culture of corruption in the front of that race, even even if the people running aren't uh, the party, Democratic Party, clearly dealing with that. Pretty extraordinary allegations of foreign meddling with a you know very powerful member of the U.S. Senate. Natalia, it's always great to have you on. You do such great work, particularly on election integrity work, but also on all the political coverage you do. Thanks for joining us and give us an update. We'll probably need you back on Wednesday to referee what really happened. All right. Great. Thank you. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Hey, as you know, we are living in very turbulent economic times. And if you've looked at your 401k, your IRA, or your stock portfolio, you probably have a depressed feeling, right? The volatility has really taken a bite out of people's investments and retirement accounts. If you want to hedge your bets, give yourself a chance of outperforming the current stock market, well, then investing in gold is a good way to do that. And my good friends at Birch Gold Group have got you covered. And here's what you got to do. It's real simple. Just text the word Just News to 989898, and you'll get a special free info guide that tells you how you can incorporate gold not only into your normal investments and savings accounts, but also in your tax-deductible IRA and 401k retirement accounts. You can open up a gold IRA. Only Birch Gold Group is the people I trust for that. And if you text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now, you have a chance to qualify for a free 
Gold Bar. That's right. Birch Gold may give you a free gold bar just for transferring money over to a gold IRA or 401k. You don't get anything free, except, unless maybe if you're an illegal alien coming in, you're Joe Biden, but everyone else, we don't get anything free. We keep paying more and more prices. So qualifying for a free gold bar for my good friends at Birch Gold Group, that's worth competing for. How do you do it? You start by texting the word Just News to 989898. That'll get you started today. All right, a big thank you to John Bolton, Michelle Bachman, and Natalia Middlestadt. Great conversations. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon, Just the News family.